Blog Talk Radio. on the air. Our hosts are from around the U.S. and our listeners from around the world. Yes, we have identified over 50 countries around the world who regularly listen listen to the show. My name is Neil Holland, retired Eastern captain and the producer of the show, and I hope you enjoy tonight's broadcast and music we've selected to go along with the Eastern history that we love to hear. And now Chuck Albright, our announcer, will get the show in the air. Chuck, it's all yours. Thank you very much, and welcome to the radio voice of Eastern Airlines. You've come to the right place if you're part of the Eastern family and friends. Now, if you're under the age of 40 and haven't heard of this legendary airline, we hope you'll understand how former Eastern people love to talk about their beloved Eastern Airlines. Folks from all over the world listen to our Eastern radio show now on the air for nearly 10 years. Thanks for Cyber Radio, we can identify with over 50 countries on nearly every continent. So here we go again, talking about our favorite way to fly, Eastern Airlines. We can truly say we are the East, we are the radio voice of Eastern Airlines. And now it's time to get the show on the road. So hello, Eastern family and friends. As our producer said, we're glad you're with us for our more Eastern talk, news, and information. My name is Chuck Albright. I'm coming to you live from the Villages, Florida. Our producer, Captain Neal, is in St. Augustine, and our hosts are scattered all over the country. Captain Mike Scott's in New York area, Long Island, as is Captain George Jen. Colleen DeFleece is in Wesley Chapel, Fort Lauderdale. Oh, I'm sorry, Florida, just north of Tampa. Dorothy and Don Gagnon 
are in the villages just north of where I live. And Mark Porter is our Eastern 3.0 reporter is in the Miami area. Hello, one and all. Mr. Producer, if you can see, if you see any of our other regulars, please tell me and let me know about it. From all our hosts, welcome and thank you for listening and calling a radio show over the past nine plus years. You've truly made us the radio voice of Eastern Airlines. We'd love to hear your comments and share your, your memories with the radio listeners from around the world during the broadcast. If you haven't called a show before, all you need to do is call 213-816-1611 and say, hello, and talk to us on the air, live every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Many of our listeners choose to listen by computer using the radio icon on our homepage at www.ealradioshow.com or maybe perhaps by signing in in the site of our provider, Blog Talk Radio, at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie. Now remember to abbreviate the word Captain to C-A-P-T. Should you wish to talk during our live broadcast, feel free to use our call-in number 213-816-1611 at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Let me repeat the number so you can write it down for your Monday night visits. 213-816-1611. By the way, tell your friends about us. Our membership is growing. We now have up over 1,045 Eastern family and friends. And don't forget, you can listen to any of our 464 Monday night broadcasts and our 100-plus Thursday broadcasts by simply going to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie. That's C-A-P-T-E-D-D-I-E. And scrolling down through the archives of the broadcast. Each episode is briefly described and we're nearing 600 episodes now, and all because of listeners like you wanting to talk about Eastern Airlines. Our lines are always open for calls, and if you choose not to participate and talk live with our host, we ask you to please mute your phone, as our producer does not have the capability of filtering out background noises such as barking dogs and slamming doors and ice cuban beverages and ringing phones. That's why they put the mute feature on your phone. And now I see we're number one for takeoff. So, Captain, let's get flight 466 in the air. Roger, Kennedy, Eastern 466 is on the roll. Wind 10024, runway 13 right, cliff takeoff. Caribbean. One low price for airfare, hotel, and more. One week to do whatever you choose. 
Super 7 Vacations. How little they cost, how much they offer. When you need the Well, to start off the program, uh, it says, while the big band era suggested big bands flourished for a short period of time, they've been a part of the jazz music since their emer emergence in, 1920, in the 1920s, when the white concert bands adopted the rhythms and music and forms of small African-American jazz combos. In the same decade, in the 1920s, Pitcairn Aviation, headquartered in the Philadelphia area, also took its place in the coming era of commercial aviation. While the big bands, placed in popular culture, dimmed greatly since their heyday in World War II, modern big band has made a uh, resurgence with the Roy Hargrove Big Band, nominated for a Grammy, and the Christian McBride Big Band winning the Grammy in 2012. But for tonight's broadcast, we will focus on the big bands of Eastern Airlines times, which many of our listening audience can identify to. There are so many groups that formed during the 1920s through the 1960s that we found it hard to select the few that we will hear tonight. And, of course, a little Eastern history along the way. With the music you hear tonight, you will no doubt want to swing to the music. Let your body move with the music, as our producer tells me, as the music takes over his body. And he says sometimes his wife thinks he's having a fit. <laughs> Mr. Producer. What's first up on the turntable for our big band series? <laughs> Mr. Producer, let's strike up the band. Here we go, Mike. <laughs>
Sunside, Sunrise Serenade was originally named Now I Lay Me Down to Weep. When, Glenn, when Miller recorded Sunrise Serenade in 1939, he made his place with his song on the back. It was an immediate phenomenon as the instrumental arrangement and was adopted as Miller's signature tune. But, of course, in the mood was his most popular. Mr. Producer, could you give us a minute worth of in the mood? And this is where the brown and white wingtip shoes come in. <laughs> right, Mike. Here we go. I love this one. Oh, yeah. to dance to, but we never make it to the end of the song. <laughs> We're exhausted. <laughs> Itching powder in his underwear will take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Eastern was in the mood also. Eastern Air Transport, that is. They were in the mood to hire cabin hostesses. United had introduced women cabin attendants in the spring of 1930, and it didn't take the rest of the industry long to realize that United had stumbled on the greatest air traffic promotion gimmick since Kitty Hawk. Amen. Eastern's hierarchy was was divided on its desirability. Harold Elliott, Eastern's general manager, straddled the fence. Charles Dolan, operations manager, speaking for virtually every pilot, was adamantly opposed. And Eastern's president, Clement Keyes, was leaning to the affirmative, and his mind was made up for him by his wife. She was a forceful and positive woman from all accounts, and she not only convinced her husband to hire flight attendants, but then went out and recruited one of the first candidates herself, Mildred Johnson, the debutante daughter of a friend. Now, Eastern's own records, however, list Marion Cook of Meadville, Pennsylvania, as the first hire. Miss Johnson was among the initial seven, and so was Mildred Aldrin, whose nephew Buzz would someday walk on the moon. There was considerable debate over what to call the girls. Among the suggested job titles were Airet, Airet, Airaid, Couriorette, and Hostess. <laughs> oh, weird. Eastern weird. finally followed United's practice of designating them as stewardesses. Some early company records referred to hostesses, but apparently this designation was temporary. Now, there were some 10,000 applicants, and only 22 were chosen. All but the original seven ended up with ground jobs until flight positions opened up. The qualifications were stiff, 
a lot stiffer than the training, which was non-existent. Eastern accepted only unmarried women under the age of 28. The height limit was 5 foot 4 inches and the weight 123 pounds. An applicant had to be either a registered nurse or a college graduate, a prerequisite which few of them understood once they went to work on the menial tasks assigned to flight attendants in the 1930s. George, what's next on the Eastern Hit Parade? Well, Colleen, our next big band on Eastern Airlines Hit Parade is the Tommy Dorsey Orchestra. In 1982, the 1940 Victor recording, I'll Never Smile Again, was the first of a trio of Tommy Dorsey recordings to be inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. His theme song, I'm Getting Sentimental Over You, was inducted in 1998, along with his recording of Marie, written by Irving Berlin in 1928. Although all his hits are classics now, your producer selected his favorite, which you probably also remember and perhaps even danced to more than once. Mr. Producer?
yeah. Well, Tommy and his brother Jimmy were together at one time. Tommy played the trombone while his brother Jimmy was the conductor of the band. Tommy became known as the sentimental gentleman of swing because of his smooth-toned trombone playing in his theme song, I'm Getting Sentimental Over You. Tommy and Jimmy broke up in the mid-30s, and Tommy formed his own very successful band, playing well into the late 1950s. That was a great choice, Mr. Producer. Don? Okay, I think so, too. You know, if you could, if you didn't find yourself moving your body, I don't know. You must be a zombie. <laughs> I, Don, I can remember dancing to them all the time. I fell okay. off my snare. <laughs> Thanks, George. Pitcairn Aviation sold to North American Air Transport, and the first official action was to move from the airline headquarters out of Philadelphia uh, to a space in Brooklyn, New York, where Sperry had his home offices. The second was a change that uh, was a change uh, a name of the airline that was never officially recorded. Precisely the new designation, but the choice was obviously Eastern. The full title was Eastern Air Transport, and it came into official being on January 15, 1930. The third was to take a good look at Pitcairn's overall operations, from airport conditions to personnel and aircraft. Clement Keyes, his previous anti-passenger policy had been, uh, been become convinced that the days of airline feeding the airmail were coming to an end, and a new postmaster general named Walter Folger Brown had assumed the post of cabinet of President Herbert Hoover. And Brown proclaimed that the industry really future lay in transportation of people, not mail. That's so true. To help celebrate the Eastern and the employees uh, would be swinging to the bands so popular in the 1930s. After that, uh, Dorothy, what can you tell us about these popular groups? Well, Don, uh, Benjamin David Goodman, May 30th of 1909 to June 13, 1986, was an American jazz clarinetist and band leader, too, known as the King of Swing. In the mid-1930s, Goodman led one of the most popular music groups in the United States. His concert at Carnegie Hall in New York City on January 16, 1938, is described by critic Bruce Etter as the single most important jazz or popular music concert in history. Jazz's coming out party to the world of respectable music. Goodman's band started the careers of many jazz musicians. During an era of racial segregation, he led one of the first integrated jazz groups. He performed nearly to the end of his life while exploring an interest in classical music. Well, let's see what our producer has come up with for this extremely popular Eastern Airlines favorite. Neil?
Now, come on, move your bodies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's moving. moving. Let's go. <laughs> I played it.
Anderson, guys, if your body wasn't moving, hands hitting the <laughs> table and head rocking, then you must have slept through this great swing number by the Benny Goodman Orchestra. By the way, one of the trumpet players in this song was the famous trumpeteer Harry James. The drummer, Gene Krupa, Don, you must remember him, yep. of course. And speaking of Harry James, Harry Haig James, March 15, 1916 to July 5, 1983. He was an American musician who was best known as trumpet-playing band leader who led a big band from 1939 to 1946. He broke up his band for a short period in 1947, but shortly after he reorganized and was active again with his band from then, actually, until his death in 1983. He was especially, especially known among musicians for his technical proficiency as well as his tone and was influential on new trumpet players from the late 1930s into the 1940s. He was also an actor in several films that usually featured his band. James's band was the first high-profile orchestra to feature vocalist Frank Sinatra, who signed a one-year, $75-a-week contract with it in 1939. James wanted to change Sinatra's name to Frankie Satin, but the Satan, I guess you'd call him, but the singer refused. Sinatra only worked seven months before leaving to join Tommy Dorsey's outfit. The James band's featured female vocalist was Helen Forrest, and his later band included drummer Buddy Rich and bassist Thurman Teague. Johnny McAfee was featured on the sex and vocals, and Corky Cochran was a youthful sax prodigy. James was married three times. His second wife, Betty Grable, I think everybody remembers her, was the American World War II soldier's pinup girl. They had two children. Mr. Producer, I understand Harry James's first song when he left the Benny Goodman Orchestra was a song you have selected. It's hard to pronounce, so I'll, we'll let the clip do the pronouncing. Yeah, and we'll have uh, uh, the uh, orchestra leader. I guess it was Mr. Benny Goodman. Not certain, but let's find out. Introduce Harry James. Tell me, President Goodman, what's this I see in the order of proceedings, graduation ceremonies? That, Johnny Mercer, is an event that makes us very proud here in the club. One of our most worthy fellow members is starting out on his own in a couple of weeks, and we all wish him the best of luck. It's our trumpet player, Harry James. Take a bow, Harry. So Harry's going out to blow his own horn. I presume he graduates magna cum laude, and I mean louder and louder. How long has Harry been captain of the trumpet team, President Goodman? Oh, for more than two years. And he's always been one of our star players. And now, like our brilliant alumnus of last year, Gene Krupa, Harry is going to start a band of his own. He tells me the theme song at his branch meetings of swing fans will be Cheery Beery Bin. I'd like to hear that. Okay, Harry, give them the cue for the theme of what we know will be a great band.
Chuck, what do you got for us? Eaton built a big terminal hangar in Newark, which became the EAT Northern Terminus, covering the New York area, and the points on the route system were multiplying. Atlantic City, Norfolk, Virginia, Raleigh, Savannah, Greenville, Florence, were among the cities added in 1931. A St. Petersburg Tampa leg had been created shortly after Clemens Keys bought out Picarin. By the end of the year, Eastern Air Transport had nearly 500 employees, operated more than 40 airplanes over routes totaling 2,876 miles, and carried 24,378 passengers, approximately 23,000 more in the previous year. The same year also saw Eastern's first acquisition of another carrier. It was purchased New York Airways, a Pan American subsidiary that had been flying between New York and Atlanta City, given EAT a triangle route with Philadelphia providing the third leg. Access to Atlanta cities when a booming resort area was what Eastern wanted. No aircraft were involved. Only one New York Airways employee came over to EAT space, Max Gooden, who became station manager at Newark. Actually, an important post in as much as Newark by 1931 had emerged as the country's biggest and busiest airport. Mike? And now our last big band, led by Artie Shaw, an American clarinetist, composer, band leader, and actor. He was also an author. Shaw wrote both fiction and nonfiction, widely regarded as one of jazz's finest clarinetists. Shaw led one of the United States' most big popular bands in the 19, between the 1930s through the 1940s. Through, through that, he had numerous hit records. Uh, he had perhaps had the best known in 1938, rec the recording of Cole Porter's Begin the Beguine. Before the release of Beguine, Shaw and his fledgling band had languished a relative obscurity for over two years and after its release, it became a major pop. He became a major pop artist of sh in short order. The recorder, the recording, the record eventually became one of the era's uh, defining recordings. Musically restless, Shaw was also early a proponent of what became known as much later as the third stream music, which blended elements of classical and jazz forms and traditions. Shaw also recorded with small jazz groups drawn from within the ranks of various big bands that he led. He served in the U.S. Navy from 1942 to 1944, during which time he led the morale-building band, which toured the South Pacific um, um, amidst the chaos of World War II. And following his discharge in 1944, he returned to, the, the lead, to lead a band through 1945. Following the breakup of the band, he began to focus on other interests and gradually withdrew from the world being a professional museum, musician and a major celebrity, although he remained a force in popular music and jazz before retiring from music completely in 1954. And now let's hear one of his most popular hits, Mr. Producer. 
Well, mm-hmm. that was nice. All right. When uh, yeah. Captain Eddie took play that licorice stick. Yeah. When uh, <laughs> Captain Eddie took over the reins of the airline, his management team and employees found out one of his characteristics: frugality, which can also be defined as being cheap. Captain Eddie had stern advice for his management and employees, in, and in one, the Great Silver Fleet news issues when he came out forthrightly against installment buying with these words, quote, if you cannot afford it, do without it. If you cannot pay cash for it, wait until you can. But do not, in any circumstances, permit yourself to mortgage your future and that of your family through time payment plans or other devices, unquote. His column at first carried the caption, Captain Eddie Says, and later was changed to Captain Eddie Reminds You. It was more of a sermon than a means of informing the rank and file what was going on at the higher levels. A few random samples will suffice here. Here are a few of the things he said. None of us here is doing so much work that he cannot do more. You cannot bring about prosperity by discouraging thrift. You cannot strengthen the weak by weakening the strong. You cannot help the wage earner by tearing down the wage payer. Now, do do these last two sound familiar in today's environment? What do you think, Colleen? Mm -hmm. Right. Definitely. Definitely it applies now. Okay. George, we've run out of music, at least for tonight. So we hope you, our Eastern family and friends, have enjoyed our Eastern music music we listened to back in the day. We like tying in our wonderful Eastern history with music that you just heard. Like Eastern Airlines, it's not heard as much today as it was in our generation, but we still carry the memories of the great music of the big bands as we do of our years with Eastern Airlines. Mr. Producer? Yes, thank you, Colleen, and all of our hosts that participated tonight in the music that was selected. There was so many great songs to choose from and the pleasure that I had in listening to a number of these. And that's what makes this a lot of fun as far as being the (laughs) producer of the show. I get to listen to music like this, but what we're trying to do here with the music and history is we enjoy the songs that are of our generation as we did enjoy our life with Eastern Airlines while we had the opportunity to work for such a great, great company. And so that's what we try to do every other Monday with a selection of music, and it might be big bands, it may be Cajun music the next time, don't know, but it's fun doing this, it really is. And I've, even though it takes a few hours to put a show like this together, selecting and um, the, selecting the great Eastern history also. That's a lot of fun to turn the pages back and and uh, and try to pick out things that a lot of folks don't remember uh, hearing uh, or reading about uh, the Eastern history. So like the stewardess, the hostess that Colleen talked about earlier. And I don't know whether you guys uh, at the Silverliners – talk much about the early days do you Colleen yes yes we do and as a matter of fact um, 
I hadn't realized that that was part of the script tonight because I have some information on Marion Cook. Um, oh, good, good. When we had a whole issue back, ooh, that was back in the 70s of our our newsletter that had information about her and pictures and uh, uh, newspaper articles at the time. But um, the the first uh, contest for being a hostess was a twins contest, and Marion actually was a twin. Her sister was Margaret Cook. Ah. And oh, Margaret Cook. Nice. And Margaret Cook is one of our pioneers, our charter member of the uh, or lifetime member of the Silverliners. Oh, for God's and sake! Interesting. We wow. had inter- we had interviewed her and had a lot of information from her at the time. So I didn't realize it, or I could have had more information on her. Oh, how nice that would have been. And also, yeah. isn't yeah. it interesting that uh, this Mildred Johnson? I don't know if you guys uh, at the Silverliners did much research on her, but she was selected by uh, Clement Keyes, basically pretty much the owner of the airlines at the time. Uh, His wife selected her, and she was among the original seven uh, that uh, came with Eastern. A lot of interesting people. Yeah, I have a picture of I'm sure they're very eloquent. Go ahead, Colleen. No, I said I have a picture of all of them standing in front of one of the planes at the time. The ones that oh. were set. Oh, my God. Set. Yeah. I, I think Great. they were pretty much based out of uh, Newark, weren't they? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did a show earlier in our uh, radio show. We did a show that uh, we did a script, and, a, and uh, we acted it out about the first uh, flight attendant class. We might repeat that one day. And it was pretty good. Uh, yeah. yeah, those 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 gals and and uh, what they talked about. And uh, they took the fa- familiarization trip around Newark and New York and the harbor and all. And the pilots pointed out different uh, places uh, for them to to get familiar with, so it was uh, it was a fun show back early in our history of the radio show. But uh, uh, any it of you guys want to talk more about it? Yeah, go ahead, Colleen. They basically had nothing to do, did they? I mean, not much. They, they, <laughs> yeah, Play cards. They, to be a nurse. they had to be a nurse, so uh, in yeah. case anything happened, probably a lot of air sickness with people not being used to flying and low-altitude flying and things like that, but uh, there was not much else for them to do. Well, you know, they were there socially because uh, when I go through the uh, mail wing news, which I often do to gather information, it talks about Mm -hmm. the hostess and how they were social representatives of the airline and to keep the passengers mm-hmm. entertained they would play cards and and point out various uh, landmarks along the way yeah yeah well since since uh, flying was so new they were there to you know give support and keep smiling if you're smiling it must be okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah with 
which, which in my day, when we made a hard landing and bounced on the on the on the jump seat, you had to make sure you kept smiling because you had a lot of people that all of a sudden looked at you to see what your reaction was. Uh, well, it's a lot of fun doing these shows like this every other time, and uh, I think we'll keep keep doing it. Dorothy, well, you got it's, a, it's a break as well, too, Neil. That's the good thing about it. You still have history, but you have something else that we did around that time frame as well. Yeah, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. It's what we try to do. Any other comments out there from you hosts that were part of the cast tonight? Come well, on. all I can say oh, is I, I could. I could mention something about the flight attendants and or stewardesses, as you what, and and the, and the early ones and all that. I I don't know how they how they used to deal with all of these irate passengers. I would never have the temperament for it. So I got to definitely hand it to yeah. these to these gals that had to deal with all of all those different personalities in the back. That had to be a tough deal. I have, well, I, I have to say, go ahead, oh, Colleen. Okay, right now nowadays, I mean. Not since January, but just before that. Um, with the way passengers are, you had to kind of be careful. And since 9-11, they, they weren't supposed to be too out of hand anyway because you had more rights in keeping charge of your cabin. But the difference between me starting with Eastern in the 60s and just keep smiling no matter what happens, and when I came back in the 90s with United as a, a mother, a grandmother, passengers were different. They were not as nice as they were in the 60s, and neither were well, I. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of hardened to the job. Is that, is that, is that when, when, Colleen, is that when you used to ask them, say, will you, will you be dining with us tonight? And they come back and say, what are the choices? And you say, yes or yeah. no. That's right. No, no. Actually, actually, it was actually it was when people would get uh, it was when people would get pretty upset. You know, you had a short flight, a full flight, a full service meal service, and the girls in the back couldn't deal with two people fighting over a friggin' armrest. What were you going to say, Don? I, I, no, I, I was just going to say with Colleen, uh, what was she was saying, the uh, the customer service at the airports are certainly not what they used to be. Uh, when I left, uh, when I left Eastern, uh, which was 1990, uh, I went with the ATA for five years as a supervisor, and the employees. It was so hard to explain to these people to be nice. You know, if you can't be nice, call me, walk away, do something. But they just. Uh, yeah. They don't have that mentality anymore. Yeah, well, watch out now. Well, yeah, we the employees or the passengers? I can remember my daughter telling me about a flight that she took off for business, and she was in business class, and there was this, uh, it must have been a little bit of a longer haul because this guy had drank quite a bit uh, during the entire flight. And uh, all of a sudden, he started bothering her constantly. And I guess back then, I don't know, but back then they used to have a uh, detective or something aboard the ship, I mean, aboard the uh, 
Flame? Air Marshal. Air Marshal. Air Marshal tried to retain him. He was getting really out of hand, so they pulled him out of his seat, and they put him in the back of the plane, and the Air Marshal was with them. And then before they landed, everybody had to stay put because uh, they had um, – Someone come on the plane and take him off the plane. He was arrested, um, and mm-hmm. I remember that she had to go yeah. to court about it too, uh, yeah. because she was involved in it. Well, I after see. 9/11, go ahead, people had Kylie. to be very careful. After yeah. 9/11, people had to be very careful. The air marshals were on. You didn't know if they were on or who they were. Right. But if if there was any kind of a disturbance, you know, you could tell them. Yeah, you better think twice because the plane will be met by the police and you will be arrested. Yeah. But uh, you try to you try to deal with it yourself. It, 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 yeah. Yeah, you just try to deal with it yourself, and which I may not have been able to do when I was twenty, but when I was fifty, <laughs> I, I, I I quelled that argument over an armrest very quickly. And you carried today. a whip. That's what you did, Colleen. You carried a whip. I told them I don't put up with it for my kids or my grandkids, and I'm sure not going to put up with it from you. So sit down, shut up, and just cross this line. That's all right. We've got another employee from ATA with us tonight. That's Jim Holder. Hello, Jim. I see your name on the board here. Yes, uh, I'm here, and uh, Don, I did not know you were with ATA. I was there from 93 to 97, 92 to 97. Where were you working? I was, uh, I worked in Palm Beach mostly. Yeah, okay, yeah. Well, I was based out of New York, I mean out of Chicago, but I flew all over the place, all over the world, really. Well, I used to fly up to Orlando once a month for a meeting. And I used to go to Indianapolis once a month for a meeting. Yeah, well, we might have run into each other, just didn't know it at the time. You may have been on the airplane with Jim. I was uh, I was one of the first passengers to fly on the uh, ATA 757 from uh, Indianapolis to Midway. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Probably had an Eastern Eastern pilot flying those 757. And I sat yeah. in the jump seat too. Oh boy, great, great. And we we Very talked good. about those midway approaches, didn't we? Oh yeah, yeah. circle the land through two at night. <laughs> Where's the runway? All I see is lights back there. Oh yeah. <laughs> this old airport looks like a playground fenced in. Yeah, fenced in. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, interesting discussion, good music and good Eastern history. And uh, that's our program for tonight. But I see we've got Mark Porter, who is our Neil, I did have a little bit about uh, Reaper, if you wanted me to bring you yeah, up today real quick. Yeah, go ahead before Mark. Go ahead. Yeah, please. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Silver Falcons uh, happened there last last convention in uh, early uh, September, and they're shutting down at the end of that. And Reaper's having to face the same thing. And we've got a bit of an impasse on the uh, board right now about what to do. Now, I did put out a volume two of the Repartee uh, newsletter. It was mailed to uh, Jerry Frost, and I mailed it Friday. So you guys that are on the list will probably be getting your copies tomorrow. And uh, we are also 
are going to put out day after tomorrow uh, a ballot because uh, there are some that believe we should uh, shut down REPA because we have we had 16 people, uh, 16 members at the last uh, reunion in last year. And, uh, of course, we had six board members. But other than the board has to be there, but only other had 16 members. Mm. So it looks like it's something that we have to do. So we're going to have a ballot that will be going out and uh, Neil, I know you're a member, and all the others. Uh, we're going to mail that uh, uh, Wednesday, Jerry and I, and it's going out to uh, 374, I think, regular members of REPA, and with a call date of uh, August the 7th to respond on what we want to do. The bylaws require that we have uh, uh, two-thirds of the members, the regular members in good standing, to go ahead with disillusion, not disillusion, dis, well, I can't even say the word tonight. (laughs) Disillusion, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the problem is, we're going to split. Yeah, uh, (laughs) but, uh, uh, you know, I am clearly one of the ones that believe we should do that. You know, don't try to carry it on with staggering. I think we need to go out with dignity, just like the silver fire. So you should be getting that. It is a very okay. difficult thing, too, with the um, the COVID virus and not being able to at least have one more um, mm-hmm. reunion. Yeah, we canceled uh, so that. Like, that yeah. right, we, could, exactly. we were going to have the vote there, but we couldn't do it because we canceled it because right. of the virus. Yeah. yeah. So it'll uh, be a ballot, a mail ballot. Well, it's bad. good. It's it's good that the Silverliners uh, are taking on more members now, right, uh, Colleen? Yes, yes, we are. We are getting new members and opening new chapters all the time. But, you know, originally it went to uh, Easter. It was Eastern re- uh, retirees. Then we opened yeah. it up to current and retired people because not what happened was all of a sudden people were staying a lot longer. They weren't retiring after two to five years or 10 years. They were staying longer. So we opened it up to current flight attendants. Since yeah. Eastern Samai, we've opened it up to other airlines. And I think yeah, well, that's I think what keeps it over, going. Yeah. 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 Because not all the airlines have their own organization. So we have so many uh, people from other airlines, yeah. and we're just one big family. You know, uh, Colleen, uh, years ago, and Jim, correct me if I'm wrong, or maybe uh, you can update me, but I believe there was an organization for the pilots called Retired Airline Pilots Association, RAPA. And uh, do you know anything about that? Well, that was a nationwide thing, if I'm not mistaken, where yeah, they tried to yeah. get all the airlines together, and therefore the seniority, if you left your airline and had to go to another one or something because of a failure, then you carried your seniority there, and uh, uh, it died a morning and never got very far. Okay, all right. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, hmm. very good updates uh, and um, from uh, REPA, and I'm sorry to hear. But uh, you'll keep us posted you know, as to what I, they... Can I, I'd like to point yeah. out one other thing, Neil, if I hate to interrupt you. But uh, REPA started in 1971, and that would be our 50th anniversary next year, 2021. Oh. And uh, uh, that would be the golden anniversary. And 
uh, I and some others think that's a good time to uh, shut her down. Well, with the why don't why don't you put why don't you have a Zoom convention? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we we can't even do a board meeting with Zoom. Well, well I can. <laughs> we you know, tried. I can mix this my is own. This a total disaster. Hey, Jim, if we do it on Zoom, I can mix my own martini because I just finished the one that I started the show with. And I tell you, I was really into it there for a while with the well, music playing and, and that martini. Well, when, you da- when you dance around with a martini in your hand. <laughs> yeah. We have another Zoom board meeting. I'm going to have about five before we even start. I'm too old for all that stuff. Well, I, my, I think we're going to tag this the end of our show. We don't have much fun, but we have a piss poor time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was led by the famous Captain yeah. Don Purcell <laughs> at the end of the trip. And I'll never forget that. Never forget it. And I shook my head, scratched my head, looked at him with my head, you know, cocked to the side like a dog. And uh, <laughs> what, what what did you just say? <laughs> But uh, Mark Porter, give us an update on Eastern version 3.0. What's going on? Can't hear you. You can't hear me? Now we can. Go ahead. They continue to expand their fleet and do work on their aircraft. And, um, you know, finish uh, painting, and they have a new interior design that they're working on, and um, that's a a one-class, it's economy and economy plus, and that's what they're going with in their aircraft. Um, It gives them time to refurbish all their older planes and uh, acquire new ones or new new pre-owned ones. Is Eastern getting that uh, 777 mark? Yes, it's hard to to say exactly. Uh, Mark, how many 777s do you think uh, Eastern's going to get this year? Uh, This year, anywhere from four to six. Four to six. Wow. Are they going to use them right out of uh, JFK, Mark? I would think they're going to put two in JFK, and I, the rest, I think, would go into Texas for long-haul uh, and dense markets. Um, my thinking is China. Really? Really? Yeah, I could be wrong. Uh, what is your load factor, by the way? I have some friends down there in Miami. They go to Guayaquil. What's the load factor from... Uh, Miami to Guayaquil. Well, yeah, that wasn't too good. It was 82 passengers out of 244 possible passengers. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, you know, remember, remember that uh, uh, the Guayaquil, New York flight, they started with 32 passengers. So already Miami is ahead of the game there. Um, and a lot of it's going to be cargo uh, along all those flights with the um, – um, with the, Prime group out of Guayaquil. So are they if going they can to advertise more, they, they'd be good. Are they going to do anything about the Caribbean, though? Oh, that's a good question. 
they, you know, they just started service out of uh, John F. Kennedy to Port-au-Prince, Haiti. And, oh, nice. Um, those flights should be packed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'd like that. <laughs> you know, one more thing I, I saw on Facebook, uh, uh, one of the guys from Freight Dogs Anonymous uh, sent a picture of a beautiful 767 sitting in the Indianapolis airport. I guess it was a charter or something. Eastern color? Yeah, Yeah, it had the big big letters. Yeah. Big letters on it, yeah. Very good. Yeah, they they have a 767, a 767, and a 767-200 printed in the new livery. And they really look smart with the billboard livery across it. Um, and there's another, another it will be a 767 and then another 777 being painted. So they're moving on a fast pack here. Um, they, they got the government loan, but they didn't need it. And if they're going to buy aircraft, you need it. So then you can free your money from running the airline and put the government loan towards running the airline and all the money that you've pulled that runs the airline, you can now go out and acquire airplanes. Hmm. Okay. To run the airline. Very good. Well, I appreciate the report, Mark. Thanks so much. And uh, very, very it, interesting. Guys, so we know what's going yeah. on with our own uh, namesake. Okay, Dorothy, do we have any new members' emails or special announcements? We actually don't. Uh, we have the 1,046 that we're still uh, holding on to, thankfully. Um, and um, our new shows, our programs coming up next week is going to be uh, history. Uh, is a little humor goes a long way. So, Neil, you've got to really give us a little bit of humor. And then following that, we're going to have another dance music of the bands in the 60s. So that should bring us up to date, Neil, on that one. Um, And then we have the history uh, uh, crew schedule, and followed by retirement over the history of commercial aviation. I'm kind of anxious to hear that one, Neil. Uh, We do have some coming up uh, later on in uh, late uh, or early September, air safety and bird strikes. And then we're going to plan on the Radio Show Hall of Fame Award in September. So we're kind of looking forward to that as well. Um, I want to just uh, thank again our sponsors, especially Reaper, for all it has done to keep us going all this time. And to folks that have generously donated to us, our members, uh, we like to keep uh, them in mind always because they support our program and all the efforts that our team does every single week. Um, what we would like to see more of this year is some donations in the amount of $40 uh, so we can keep going to, to 2021. And with that $40 donation, um, Neil will send you out a uh, signed copy of his book, Wings of Many. Uh, Sent one out today. Oh, very good. Glad to hear that. That's a fun read, Neil. And um, 
people will enjoy it because it goes back to the days of Eastern Air Transport to the wings of man and now America's favorite way to fly, Eastern. I would like people to send any correspondence they have to us as well as any donations. And donations can be made out to the EAL radio show and sent to Captain Neil Holland at 9776 San Jose Boulevard, Suite 12B in Jacksonville, Florida, 32257. Please, folks, why not be a sponsor by sending your donation and uh, keep us a little bit longer on the air. All this uh, good music has got to come to an end, so here we are, the end of our Eastern Music and History Show for the evening. But we'll be back in two weeks sharing more great music like you just heard. So, Mike, would you please put us down gently at JFK International Airport? Okay, Kennedy Tower, this is Eastern 466. We have the airport in sight. If traffic permits, we'd like runway 31 left. I could have been our fishermen went fishing. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're Roger Eastern 466. We've got you in sight, and the wind is 33300. Three, zero, zero. Well, 33. Ten knots and no reported traffic. You're clear to land, runway 31 left. You're in Yawako, or are you in that uh, beautiful L-1011? Well, no, I'm in uh, I'm in the Waco tonight with uh, 300 <laughs> passengers in the back. Good <laughs> <laughs> for you, You've had too many martinis. Let Mikey try it. And we're requesting a grass landing. <laughs> okay, you got it. Put it down between the runways. <laughs> I think you're going to land eventually. All right, here okay. we go. I found the landing button. I didn't hear the tailwheel come down. <laughs> you lost it. It was a great landing, Captain. Be sure to tune in again next Monday, July 20, when America's favorite way to fly returns to the cyberwaves, and we share a laugh or two to make life a little bit happier under these times. We hope you'll join us in that laughter. And don't forget to tune in Thursday at 3 p.m., Eastern Time for the RIPA Radio Hour. Stories about pilots of Eastern Airlines. If you haven't heard one of these broadcasts, you're really missing out on some great Eastern talk. Our producer's telling me it's time to say goodbye. This is Chuck Albright, Eastern Employee Number 018632, signing off on behalf of tonight's host, Dorothy and Don Gagling, Mike Scott, Colleen DeFleece, George Jinn, Mike Parter, and our producer, Neil Holland, playing the signed-off music made popular by Merle Haggard, Silver Wings. Don't leave me, I cry. Don't take that airplane ride. But you locked me out of your mind.
night, Eastern family and friends from around the world, and good night, Eastern Airlines, wherever you are. We love you, Eastern. Now, all of us, when I count to three, one, two, three, good night, Eastern. We love you. Good night, Eastern. We love you. Okay. <laughs> love you guys. Thanks so much. Yeah. Great job, guys. Good show, Neil. Great show. Neil, Gotta go turn the Silver queen Slowly fading out of